Chapter 16 An Unwanted Visitor To reach the surface, we first had to venture deep into the cave. The floor slowly curved upwards as we followed through the dark tunnels. A fine thread of light hinted at the land above. As we emerged from this maze, a shimmering sheet of ice confronted us. Frothed white from within, the wall came down and spilled out below where we now stood. A strange thought occurred to me as I examined our icy chamber. If we were now above the lake, this ice must have formed from falling water. I recalled my grandfather's tale and with wonder touched the frozen falls. Finway confirmed my suspicions. We were indeed behind the very same waterfall that my grandfather had visited so long ago. This was our last chance to turn back. Once we exited the safety of this curtain, we would emerge into the land above the lake. This did not cause any hesitation for Finway. Well, my fellow travelers, the mystery awaits. Now is the final moment before we seal our fate. His playful voice hid what he knew was a real possibility of danger. Elves were once the main inhabitants of these hills. In the late spring and summer, they played among the birch. As fall drew near, they harvested what the earth provided and took shelter for the coming winter. They flourished in this isolated land, their existence only hinted at in the strange northern lights. As humans began to explore and invade their home, the shy creatures hid away. Only in winter wood could elves still thrive. Each time an elf ventured from their safe haven, they took a great risk, not only for themselves, but also for the village as well. As we prepared for our adventure, a strange sound greeted our ears. Now, these many years later, I know it was the whir of an airplane's propeller, but then it was a sound I had never heard before. We looked at each other with apprehension and fear. Finola and I would have turned back with a word. Finway was not so easily dissuaded. That is just the winter wind upon this wall of ice. It makes that kind of whirring sound when it is deeply sliced. He said this with such authority that we had scarcely a reason to question him. As the novel sound slowly faded, we began to discuss how we would leave our chamber. Once again, Finway provided the answer. This wall, though thick, is still no match for an elf's enchanted blade, he boasted. You saw the wooden block reduced, now watch this ice block fade. With that, the brightest light I had ever seen flew from his fingers. It burned through the ice, as steam rose from the edges where the beams entered its thickness. Like a fallen pine cut quickly by my grandfather's best saw, the wall of ice gave way. Soon a pint-sized door was cut into the side of the falls, and the midday sun streamed into our sanctuary, bouncing rays around the tiny space. We steeled our nerves for our adventure. As we were about to leave our shelter, we once again heard the strange sound. Don't let that stop you now, Finway teased. The fun's about to start. A bit of wind is all it is, my timid faint of hearts. The full sun off the fresh, crisp snow 
blinded us to our surroundings. We stood bold to the world for any eyes to see. Finola finally broke the spell. We should be more careful if others are about, she warned. Do you know the way from here now that we are out? Finway assured her that he did, only needing a minute to get his bearings. Our trip from here will take us to the mountain's famous ears, but we may need the fairy's help, for it is long, I fear. Again, Finway hinted at the danger that lay ahead. How are we going to do that without being seen? I asked, a bit confused. Oh, fairies are a magic breed and good to have as friends, Finway said. You have yet to fully learn the secrets of their kin. I also had yet to learn the special relationship between Finway and these tiny beings of light. There were no other elves that endeared such devotion by the fairies. They must have thought of Finway in the same way I thought of my grandfather, with awe, admiration, and a deep affection. Finway had barely finished speaking when we were overcome with lights. I ducked down into a tucked position, not knowing what was happening. The fairies swarmed over every inch of my body, attaching their tiny hands to clothing, skin, or hair. We must have produced the strangest of sights, bright glowing lanterns lifting up into the heavens. Three shining clouds settled on the pointed tops of Corvent and Turi. As the fairies left, I found myself separated from my friends. Fear again crept in as I recalled my misadventure in the tunnels of color. Finway, Finola, I yelled. There is no need to shout, young one. Finway's reassuring voice came from nowhere. Remember where you are. This is the land of magic ears, which can hear so far. And so it was true. Even though great distances separated us, I found that I could easily talk to Finway and Finola and they to me. Finway began to share how we would make our return trip to the village when he froze in mid-sentence. At that moment, we all saw it. A man was walking across the lake. We could see him plain as day, and he was headed for the falls. Quick, my friends, we must depart, and not a moment waste. Finway said, his voice full of dread. The village lies in danger due to my reckless haste. As instructed by Finway, I leapt, feet first into the cave openings that appeared in the walls of the mountain ear. I began to slide rapidly through this brilliant tunnel. The inside of this mountain was made of solid, clear crystal quartz. The tiny tubes which provided a path for the fairies to carry their messages buzzed all around me with light. I slipped ever more rapidly down this track, glowing streaks appearing like shooting stars swirled around every turn. As the fairies moved through the quartz, they produced the strangest of sounds. Perhaps I was hearing a fairy song for the first time. This, however, was a sad song, a warning song, and I was left with such fear and apprehension that I did not know what to do. I felt totally out of control, ashamed for my part in this misadventure. I did not know where I was, where this trail would end, or what might become of the village. I slid into the grand chamber of the ice castle. 
It seemed so long ago that we had visited this place. Entering with joy and excitement, I now left with sadness and fear. Finway and Finola had already left the building and were leaping down the ice steps. I followed as quickly as I could. Miniature lights were pouring from the openings in the wall of the castle and streaming towards the elves that were working on the parade. All eyes turned toward the castle and the ominous noise that it produced. This was no hushed fairy song, but a warning chorus. The fairy's message was clearly heard as elves and gnomes began to scurry. The giant toys were pushed between buildings. A team of gnomes pulled Santa's sleigh into a large barn. Everyone else hurried for cover or returned to his or her home. Elway shouted to the council members to meet at his cottage. For some unknown reason, I turned and looked up at the top of the sky towards the opening of the small cave to which we had flown. There, a shadow emerged and looked down at the chaos in the village.